And now, it's time for Lawyers for Jesus Radio, lighting our path through law. A show about faith in the law and in the marketplace. Featuring the partners from the law firm Mauk and Baker. Located in downtown Chicago, Mauk and Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Whit Brisky, an attorney and partner at the law firm of Malk and Baker in Chicago. We are Christian attorneys who focus on serving the body of Christ with its legal needs. You can learn more about us by going to malkbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com or calling 312-726-1243. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter for news and info about faith and the law. Today, our guest is Kimberly Brisky, the Director of Communications and Public Affairs at the Small Business Advocacy Council. She is with us to talk about how small businesses are essential to our community and why they need advocates. The Small Business Advocacy Council's mission is to help small businesses succeed. Some of the ways they do this is by giving their members a voice in government and by helping generate partnerships between small business owners and the community. Kimberly, welcome to our show. And by the way, full disclosure, Kimberly is my daughter. (laughs) Thanks for having me, Dad. (laughs) Uh, Kimberly, tell me a little bit about the uh, SBAC and uh, why was it formed? Sure. So uh, the SBAC was actually formed uh, about eight years ago. Uh, My boss had an unsuccessful run for office. And uh, at the time, most of his supporters were fellow small business owners. And to him, he just felt so frustrated with not having his voice heard. So he decided to say, all right, let's let's band together in a different way uh, instead of a political campaign and and start a nonprofit. And uh, since then, it's it's grown by leaps and bounds. And, uh, you know, now it has a staff, and we work uh, very closely with a lot of the Chicago Land Chambers of Commerce and reach tens of thousands of small business owners across the state. Great. What are uh, some of the factors which uh, create struggles for small businesses, and how can business owners prepare and protect themselves? Well, you know, I think that for a small business owner looking to uh, make sure that they have a voice in terms of the legislative process, they find that's incredibly difficult because they wear a lot of a lot of hats. A lot of them are their HR person, their accountant, their custodian sometimes as well. And and so they don't have really the ability, the resources, or the time to be their own advocate. So uh, with that struggle, that's sort of really where the SBAC is able to offer that, that lifeline and that time. Uh, you know, specifically though, it's difficult for a small business owner to to actually be in compliance with the law as it exists. It's it's incredibly complicated, uh, you know. And I think you probably can can speak to that very directly. Uh, you know, for example, there's no such thing as a sign code in the city of Chicago. Uh, there's a building code and a zoning code, but no sign code. So you know, it's a it's a hard thing to be able to navigate if you don't even know the law. <laughs> well, and signs can be critically important for a lot of small businesses, a restaurant or any kind of uh, retail business, uh, that that sign is important. And what you 
have frequently is the alderman just basically telling you, okay, this is what I'd like to see. That's exactly right. And, you know, there are a couple of, you know, funny stories as it goes along with that. You know, it used to be it cost, uh, you know, $250 to put a Yelp sticker up in your, in your window uh, in the city of Chicago if you left it up for more than 60 days. Uh, you know, there was a, such a thing as a licensed sign erector. Uh, and, you know, we work with the city of Chicago to say, hey, you know, we want to be in compliance, but something like that just just doesn't make sense for a small business. And, you know, another issue we're working on right now, uh, as you know, especially on the north side of the city, you see a lot of uh, A-frames or sandwich signs on the sidewalk saying, hey, here's this great sailor, come in here. A lot of people don't know those are actually illegal. Uh, but, you know, with the, you know, it's, it's hard to comply if you don't know what the law is and it's not enforced uniformly. Uh, so that, you know, I think that there's a good faith effort on all sides to try to to make the law clear and to abide by the law in a way that is good for small businesses and also for the city. It's just, it's a difficult thing that takes a lot of just uh, consistent work and, and communication to get that done. And do, do small business owners uh, run into legal problems? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, I think they do. And, and I think, again, sometimes it's, it's not on purpose, really. It's a, it's a not even knowing the law uh, and not, not knowing what it is and how to comply. And, and so maybe they get, uh, you know, a notice of a violation in the mail and it's very overwhelming there. You know, it's hard to understand, okay, what did I do wrong? And then how do I, how do I fix it? Uh, you know? And so I think that uh, being able to have good resources around them, like the SBAC or especially, you know, in, in certain instances, you know, a good lawyer uh, to be able to assist is, is really important. And, and do you know any good lawyers? I, I happen to. I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm with Brisky of the law firm of Malkin Baker. Today, Kim Brisky, my daughter of the Small Business Advocacy Council, is with us to discuss how small business owners are being helped through uh, her organization. Um, can, if if uh, somebody is thinking about starting a small business, uh, what are the, some of the steps they have to take and, and things they have to think about? Well, I think when it comes to starting a small business, the first thing is to, to get your ducks in a row. I think that there is, you know, this, there's obviously the drive and you want to be creative and have this new idea, but for you need to, from everything from a business plan to getting your key team members uh, all together from a lawyer to an accountant and knowing the resources that are available is incredibly important. Uh, but even more so, and I think this comes back to the SBAC, is to to find a community of fellow entrepreneurs so that not only uh, can you, you know, bounce ideas off of each other, but, you know, it's a good opportunity to just to interact and to, to have that support group to be like, this is what I'm facing, this is what you're facing. But then also when you have that community, you again are better able to advocate for yourselves. Uh, if you all have the same issue, you can all speak with a much louder voice to try to get it changed. And is there an aspect of mutual support here in terms of, you know, if you're running into a problem, you can pretty much be sure that another SBAC member is running into the same problem or has Oh, absolutely. And, and, and the thing about, you know, the SBAC that, uh, that I think makes us unique is that we are a nonpartisan organization. So a lot of the issues that we take on may not necessarily, uh, you know, make the, the headlines, but we always say, but it's going to impact your bottom line. That's, that's sort of what we're going for. We're going to take on the issues just to put a little elbow grease in to get it changed. 
And most of our issues that we work on come from members saying, hey, this is, this is what's uh, you know, really difficult for my business. I need to get this changed. Okay. Well, that's, that's great. Well, can you tell me about uh, uh, a recent success that the SBAC has had? Sure. Uh, you know, we, we've had uh, quite a few successes. Actually, in the 100th General Assembly, we had uh, uh, five bills that actually were signed into law by the governor that we advocated for uh, successfully. And when about the average is about 6% of all bills introduced actually get signed into law, I'd say that's a pretty good success rate. Um, you know, I think a couple that really would impact, you know, some of your listeners are we lowered uh, LLC fees in the state of Illinois last year. It took us a couple years to get this done, but it used to be more expensive to start an LLC than a C-Corp in the state of Illinois uh, by by quite a bit, actually. And, and actually, comparative to the nation, uh, Illinois, much more expensive than other places. Uh, so it, we actually lowered the fees across the board. It used to be $500 to start an LLC. Now it's 150 and it used to be $250 a year just to renew, and now it is $75. So while, while maybe it doesn't sound like uh, a lot of money for some, if you are a series LLC that have multiple, um, multiple fees that you would have to pay, but it's, but it's also just it's the right thing to do. It just didn't make any sense. Well, and the LLC is the business form, which uh, is now becoming particularly popular among small business because it allows uh, you to avoid that that uh, two levels of taxation. So I think this was really important, and it was important in my practice when uh, you know I was able to help businesses incorporate for or form LLCs for a lot less money. Well, and we we have seen an, a quite a bit of an uptick. I think uh, the numbers say about sixty six percent more uh, new actual LLCs started this year compared to last year at this time. So I think other people are recognizing uh, that hey, this is actually the right format for me. So perhaps it was people that previously were in a different uh, format, or maybe they just purposely weren't registering at all. So I think this is really great, and actually maybe a revenue raiser for for the state. Yeah, because if you have more more formations of LLCs, even though the individual fees are less, the total revenue is more. That's right. That's good. That's good. All right. Uh, can you give me another example? Sure. Uh, you know, another example that uh, I think that uh, your listeners will find uh, very interesting is that we worked uh, for several years to, to change uh, a law called the Liquor Control Act of 1934. And this was actually put into place right after Prohibition. And at the time, it prohibited the sale of alcohol within 100 feet of a religious institution, school, hospital, or military station. And the only way that you could get around that is if you actually had an exemption uh, passed into law and signed by the governor. So as you can imagine, any small business owner that wanted to uh, open a pub uh, near a church couldn't do so uh, because there, I would think over the... Uh, I think there was maybe 70 exemptions since it started, um, but I've, you can imagine how many people were waiting in the queue. And and we, we were able to do is say, you know what, this is it shouldn't have to be signed into law by the governor. Somebody south of IA shouldn't decide if you could open a restaurant in the city of Chicago. So instead, we referred it back so that now your local uh, liquor license and, and local community governments can decide whether or not it's a right thing for your community. So it's not an automatic, uh, but it also is able to say, hey, I want my community to be able to go and have lunch and dinner with, you know, have a glass of wine here. 
Coming up, we're going to be talking further with Kim Brisky about the importance of advocating for small business in every community. This is Whit Brisky, and you're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Whit Brisky, partner of the law firm of Balkan Baker, and we're talking with Kimberly Brisky of the Small Business Advocacy Council. And again, full disclosure, Kimberly is my daughter, so uh, I know her pretty well. <laughs> uh, Kimberly, before the break, uh, we were talking a, a little bit about the uh, liquor control uh, license issue, and uh, you were talking about the way in which this would help small businesses. Uh, it also helps churches, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, the interesting thing about this issue is that there are certain communities, I think, you know, in Chicagoland where you will see, uh, you know, a church uh, every, every on every block, which uh, in that way, this law previously prevented any type of community really building around it. And, and what this will do is it will make it so that religious institutions, churches uh, aren't segregated just by municipal buildings and can actually be where the people are. Uh, you know, where, where there are, you know, you come out of church on Sunday and let's go have brunch and now you can, you know, it's, it's going to, it can be able to be next door. Uh, so I think that's really an important way to integrate with the community. Well, and one other thing, uh, oftentimes the fact that the, a church coming into a neighborhood might actually prevent uh, or might force the business to close. And so therefore, then you have a conflict between the church and an existing business. So for new churches looking to start up in new locations, this will make it easier for them too. Absolutely. And, and this is this is actually an issue that we found in every area of the city from the north side, south and west side. Uh, we also found some confusion with uh, if some sometimes yoga and meditation studios were given the designation of being a religious institution that made it difficult also, to, you know, so this is hopefully something that can really help clarify this this law and bring it up to the times. That's good. That's good. All right. You've had some other successes, I think. Yeah. Uh, so another issue that actually this was purely through the SBAC, you know, uh, one of uh, one of my coworkers really, really built this from the ground up. Uh, we find that legislators, while well-meaning and will always say that small businesses are the backbone of the economy, a lot of times may not have a firm grasp on the challenges that small businesses face when they're actually uh, writing laws. And, and so what we decided was rather than trying to have to constantly be changing regulations and going back and putting the toothpaste back in the tube, as they say, that we want to try to bring it to the forefront early on. So we, we actually, the governor, Governor Rauner signed HB 5253 into law this year that now requires state agencies to actually conduct a further uh, impact analysis statement on new rules uh, prior to them going into effect. This will allow small businesses the opportunity to comment and maybe raise the red flag, uh, you know, before it's all said and done to try to prevent the problems before they start. Is this like a cost benefit analysis? Yes. And, and what it really is focusing on, because, you know, unfortunately, the state of Illinois, every every agency doesn't have its own, you know, top notch economist. Uh, uh, what we what we do is we say, hey, what industry is going to be impacted and in what area? And, and so and so is it going to be heavily impacted? And so that way we can at least raise the flag and say, hey, maybe we need to find some uh, alterations for small businesses. And, and getting in at the ground floor, as it were, 
when the regulations are being drafted, it's a lot easier to mold them into something that accomplishes the purpose of the regulation while not harming business and uh, economic development. Absolutely. I, you know, if I think the SBAC, we, we always say, you know, we're not about no regulations. We're just about smart regulations. And there, and there definitely is a difference. Good, good. Any other successes you want to talk well, about? Well, I was going to say, uh, uh, for we did have one relatively recent uh, success, actually, was uh, that we worked with the city of Chicago for, for quite a long time to to find a way so that uh, when, when small businesses received a violation or a fine uh, notice in the mail, that usually meant you had, had to go to an administrative hearing and hire a lawyer. Uh, and while, you know, obviously I love talking to my favorite lawyer, uh, I think there are times when, you know, you wish you could just pay the fine and move on. Uh, and so they're actually, the city of Chicago just recently launched a pilot program so that there are certain fees where you actually don't have to do the hearing process. Well, and uh, our listeners may not realize this, but a corporation or a limited liability company, LLC, has to have a lawyer in order to appear in almost all court proceedings. The president of the company just can't go in there and say, I'm the president, I represent the company. And uh, while um, legal fees are great, <laughs> you know, from my point of view, uh, a small business shouldn't have to uh, always pay that legal fee along with the fine, uh, particularly where you know you're going to have to pay it or where the fine is relatively small. Right. And not only pay the fine, pay the legal fees, but then you take off half a day from away from your business, which is which is another expense as well. And and to be honest, we actually we haven't heard really much pushback from the legal community. I think they recognize their time is also very valuable and they would much rather uh, you know be spending their time on other things than than going into court uh, for these quick hearings just to get a fine paid. Yeah, I think any lawyer who would uh, uh, be disappointed that his client didn't have to call him every time he got a ticket uh, is not really the kind of lawyer. Yeah, I think that'd be a red flag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Whit Brisky of Malkin Baker. We're speaking with Kim Brisky, my daughter, about the challenges small businesses face and how they can overcome these problems with the help of advocates like the SBAC. Well, uh the SBAC has had some great successes. Uh, can you tell me what they're working on now? Yeah, so we are uh, gearing up for the uh, the 2019 uh, legislative calendar. And, you know, for us, when we're deciding what we're going to work on, we have three different buckets of issues. Uh, a functional government, which I know sounds funny, but I think those in the state of Illinois can understand the importance of that bucket. Uh, leveling the playing field for small businesses and economic development. Uh, so next year, you know, we're still putting the pieces together and obviously, uh, the election cycle will also have an impact on what we decide to work on. Um, but we're, we're go we have on our radar screen, uh, re-engaging on fair maps, which is the redistricting effort, uh, to end gerrymandering in the state of Illinois, uh, workers' compensation reform and occupational licensing. Well, the fair maps, uh, and coming up now, we're going to be having the census, uh, in um, 2020, and that will affect uh, redistricting for the next 10 years after that. It will. <laughs> and, you know, this in this year, actually, we had a very strong coalition. We had everybody from the NAACP through the League of Women Voters to the uh, Il you know Illinois Chamber of Commerce and us actually get together on this issue. And we had 
the number of votes committed to pass in the Senate, uh, an opportunity to have fair maps put on the ballot. Unfortunately, it was not brought up for a vote. But we, you know, we take that as a step in the right direction. We know that uh, that the support is there publicly. It's now it's just about the political will to try to get it done. And we're going to keep at it. Okay. What can uh, are there any specific initiatives that uh, go along with the economic development idea? Well, you know, and I, I think for for us, you know, that was that was the issue um, that we worked on this this cycle with the with the liquor reform specifically. But I think when you also talk about uh, economic development, it's it's the question of. We have, you know, big tax credits for Amazon or edge tax credits for big companies. And so the question is, again, what are we doing for small businesses? If, you know, we don't take the stance of we don't want anybody to get financial support, but we do want to make sure if some specific type of company is getting, you know, a leg up, then we should be able to as well uh, receive that support to be able to to grow and thrive in the state. That's uh, that gets us to the leveling the map. We're leveling the, the playing field issue. Yes, that's true. <laughs> because, you know, large businesses have their own lobbyists that can go to Springfield and, and talk to people directly. But, uh, you know, the average small business with a million dollars or two million dollars in revenue really can't afford to do that. That's right. And I, mean, I say we're a pretty good value. You know, we have on staff, you know, we all are technically registered lobbyists. Uh, and, and so we go down there, but we're, we're speaking directly for you on your behalf. And we actually also bring uh, our members down. They have the opportunity to come to Springfield with us as well. Good. And what about functional government? I, I, <laughs> I, I hesitate to ask about that because, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, you really look at government and you say, is that functional? Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a great question. You know, for us, we uh, we also take on the issue of actually trying to uh, implement term limits for uh, the legislative leadership. So this is not across the board, but, you know, Speaker Madigan, I believe, has been the speaker almost as long as I've been alive. Uh, and so I think people on both sides of the aisle might say maybe we need to change that. So, okay. <laughs> All right. That's good. Uh, well, who can join the SBAC and how do you do that? Sure. So any any small business in the state of Illinois uh, they, or anywhere really can join. We have uh, business owners that are sole proprietors, you know, up to 500 or more employees. And all you have to do is visit sbacil.org or give us a call at 312-548-8608. Okay. And besides uh, these advocacy uh, ideas, what what does the SBAC offer? Absolutely. And, you know, in addition to the advocacy efforts that we do, we also have a lot of networking opportunities. Our, our calendar has over 30 events a month, and most of them are free. We also have an annual golf event uh, as well uh, as an annual awards dinner, which we, uh, which is a great opportunity to connect with everybody. In addition, we have small business conferences that feature keynote speakers. We had the treasurer, we had the CEO of Intersect Illinois, uh, as, well or, as well as other elected officials. And um, we also have pitch sessions, which are similar to what you see on TV with Shark Tank, where uh, new companies come in and, and pitch for opportunities to win great prizes. Well, we've been talking to Kimberly Brisky of the Small Business Advocacy Council. And thank you, Kimberly, for coming in. If you have a legal need or question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Malk and Baker. You can reach us at 312 726 one, two, four, three, or at malkbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. Malk and Baker is a Christian law firm based in Chicago. It serves Chris, uh, churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals 
with their legal needs. Call us and mention Lawyers for Jesus for a free consultation. Again, our number is 312-726-1243, and the website is bowkbaker.com. Yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve some